Um, so if you got your Bible, we're going to start in, in John 14. And just so you know, um, I've got a decent amount of scripture that I want to read tonight because I really want you to hear and to feel from the Bible itself, not just uh, for parts of this, not just for me and my thoughts and what I have to say. So uh, as we read this here in a moment, uh, I really want you to catch this and I really want you to, to see what we're talking about. But so tonight we're wrapping up our All the Gospel series. We've been talking about it all this month long and... Um, and so to end tonight, we are topic, talking about the Holy Spirit. And see, because I, I, I think a lot of times, maybe, maybe you've grown up in church, maybe you've been around church a lot, maybe, you have, um, maybe you're new to this church thing, and, and maybe you've been around and you, you are here and you, we, we talk a lot about God, we talk a lot about Jesus, but then a lot of times, even us as, as who have been in this for a long time, we're like, yeah, but the Holy Spirit, he's kind of like that, woo, like, like, I don't, we don't quite understand it all, we don't quite under, know it all, and so we don't, a lot of times we don't tend to even just talk about it at all, talk about who he is, and so tonight we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and last week we talked about Jesus, Austin talked about Jesus, and he talked about how he lived, how he was crucified, you need to catch this because this is leading to where we're going, how he lived, how he was crucified, how he was, how he was buried in a tomb and locked away because he wasn't coming back. Dead people don't come back to life, but he did. And he rose again and he came back to life and he is the savior of our world, long story short. So what happens here? So not long after Jesus's, his resurrection, not long after he came back from the grave, from, from death, uh, in John 14, we're going to start in verse 15, uh, and this is Jesus talking. So, so here's what's taking place here. So Jesus has come back from the grave. He's, he's talking to his followers. He's talking to his people, um, and, and he, here's kind of what he's saying to them. He's saying this, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. Sorry, let me say it again. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That advocate he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. He says this, verse 17, uh, this is the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then I'm going to jump down to verse, um, verse 25. He says, because what happens after that, all the disciples, they start asking all these questions. And they're like, where are you going, Jesus? What's happening? Where you, what's, what's taking place? And so this is all this kind of dialogue happening in between there. And, and, and have you ever talked, had a conversation with somebody and you're, you're trying to tell something and they start asking a lot of questions as you're telling something? That's kind of like what's happening here. So Jesus, he's like, hey, guys, I'm going away, but there's an advocate who's coming. And there's a person who's coming, the Holy Spirit who's coming. And then so they start asking all these questions. And then Jesus is like, talkie, 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 no more talkie. And he says, so he starts in here, verse 25. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things 
and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. He'll teach us all things, and he'll remind us what Jesus has taught us. And I want you to catch that, because a lot of times we, we learn from here, and we learn from someone standing up front speaking to us, <clears throat> and we catch things, and we learn things from the Bible. And I think a lot of times we, we learn things, but we don't know how to use them and apply them to our lives. And he's saying, the Holy Spirit is coming, and he's going to remind you of these things, of what is in here and of, of what Jesus has taught, which is also in here. So he says he's sending an advocate. And so I looked up the definition of an advocate. It says this, it's a person who pleads for or on in, I think it's supposed to say on behalf of another, an intercessor. So the Holy Spirit is here. He's in our lives, and he, he's an advocate for us. He's standing up for us. He's helping us. He's walking alongside of us. He's, he's a part of our lives. And then I want you to read this in, in John. We're going to skip a couple more chapters to John 16. And I'm going to read verse 7. Start with verse 7. And, and, and I want you to listen because this is a, a decent little chunk of Scripture here, and I want you to catch this. Um, I'm going to read John 16, 7 to 15. It says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is in your, this is Jesus talking again. It is in your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged verse 12 I still have many things to say to you but you can't cannot bear them now when the spirit of truth once again talking about the holy spirit comes he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So basically, he's an, he's an advocate. He's speaking to us what God, what Jesus has told him to speak to us. Um, whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Finally, I'm going to skip down. It actually skipped in a whole different book in Acts 19. After, after a while, here's, here's what's taking place. So, so not long after that, Jesus takes off. He ascends into heaven, uh, rides on a cloud all the way back to heaven where they got good Wi-Fi and good air conditioning. And, and, you know, it's, it's a great place. You'll love it. Um, Acts 19. Yeah. I, I put my notes in there again. So uh, after a while, Jesus had gone back to heaven and he had left the Holy Spirit as, as our helper, as our advocate. Um, so, so Paul, what's happening here, he's ready to serve. He's ready to help his city. He's in the city of Ephesus and he's ready to, to lead ministry there. 
And, and, and he's like, hey, guys, have you received the Holy Spirit yet? And they respond, what Holy Spirit? Who's that? Maybe you're here tonight and you can relate. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, whoa, who's this Holy Spirit fella? I've heard about God, heard about Jesus. I may have heard a little bit about the Holy Spirit, but I don't know about him. So maybe you're here tonight and you're like, who's this Holy Spirit guy that you're talking about? Maybe you can relate to that. You've, got a, you've heard a lot about these other two, but there's a third part that we need to know about that we don't hear a whole lot about. Um, and so, um, so if that's your question or if that's, what you're dealing with or what you want to know tonight, then you're in the right place because um, that's what we're talking about. We're going to talk about um, the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the capability of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about his function in our lives and who he is. I say he, it's a spirit, who the spirit is in our lives. And, and, and I, want, I want to tell you that I can't even begin to explain all of the functions of the Holy Spirit and everything that he is in one sitting. But here's tonight, I'm just going to give you a few things. So tonight, I'm going to give you five quick things, five things about the Holy Spirit that you need to know and that, uh, that you need to allow these things to, to change your life. The first thing is that, um, five things about the Holy Spirit is that he convicts me. He convicts me. Here's one of the things that he does is he convicts me. And Jesus said he would come and convict, uh, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come and convict the world of sin. And I'm thankful that when, when I'm in sin, that the Holy Spirit steps in and convicts me of it. I'm thankful of that. Now here's the difference between, there's, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Um, condemnation is, is when you sin and you feel so bad that, you don't want to come to church anymore. That, that you can't go to God anymore. That, that conviction is when you've done something and you feel like it's so bad that you totally step away from Jesus, from your relationship with Jesus. Now, now conviction, um, well, you need to know this, condemnation is from the enemy. And it, what it does is it drives you away from God. It separates you from God. It makes, it makes the enemies telling you and he's speaking to you and he's, he's condemning you so bad that you feel like, I can't even go to God. I can't even go to church. I'm such a bad person. That's what condemnation is. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And what conviction does is it points you to God. It brings you to God. It draws you to God. When you've messed up, when you've made mistakes, when you've sinned, what the enemy will try to do, he'll try to, he'll try to convict you, or no, not, he'll, con- he'll try to condemn you, but the Holy Spirit steps in and he convicts us. And a lot of times we look at that as a bad thing, but no, 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 that's a great thing. That's a fantastic thing. And he's convicting us. And when, when he does that, it's pointing us to God. Uh, have you ever felt, maybe you felt convicted about your sin and if you have, you should be thankful for that. You should be thankful for conviction in your life. It doesn't feel good. It's not an easy thing, but conviction is a good thing. You should be thankful because that means that you are not so desensitized, that you're not so far from God 
that you can still feel the power of God. Have you ever said something bad, or and and after you said that, you felt really bad later? Maybe you like you told someone that they were stinky, poopy pants. Yeah, I I know we're really we're gonna have to edit this later just in case. Like we're recording tonight, anyways. But like you've said something so bad, and you felt so bad for it later. Like maybe you've maybe you've done something. And the next morning, you feel so bad about it. You feel terrible about it. Or, or maybe what happens is that you're actually in the process of doing something bad, and you just feel wrong. You just feel wrong about it. What that is, is that's the Holy Spirit in your life reminding you, nudging you, talking to you. And all throughout the scriptures, there are, there are people that have... They, they've, they've failed, and they've come under great conviction. And here's the deal. It's a good thing to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's a good thing. It's when, it's when you're living in sin, and you don't feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, is when you should be worried. I want to say that louder for everyone. It's when you're living in sin and that you don't feel that conviction in your life of the Holy Spirit is when you should be the most worried. You should be very worried. You see, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict me of sin. And I need you to know that this is a good thing because when, we're, when we make mistakes... God, he, he doesn't just avoid us. He's like, ah, oh, they messed up, they're bad, they're done. He doesn't do that. He doesn't just avoid us. He's got an advocate who reminds us. All that is, all, all that sin is, sin is simply missing the mark. It's missing the mark. It's like, it's like taking a jump shot and missing the mark. And missing the shot, missing the hoop altogether. It's missing, the the Holy Spirit helps us and he wants us to get it right. And and so he, he wants us to hit that mark of integrity. He wants us to hit that mark of character. He wants us to hit that mark of God's way. And, and he wants us to hit that mark of God's plan. He wants us to hit that mark, um, because the Holy Spirit, he, He's got something better for us. And, and God, the, what sin is, is us missing that mark. And the Holy Spirit is there in our lives to help us hit that mark and to help us live for Jesus better. If you f- feel convicted about where you are right now in your life, uh, you should be encouraged because that's a sign that God loves you, that God loves you. Maybe you feel convicted about your purity. Maybe you feel convicted about money. Maybe you you're in this room and you feel convicted about what you watch or what you listen to, or or about the things that you do. If you can feel convicted, maybe you you feel convicted for your lack of serving. That's a sign that God's talking to you. He's not mad at you. He's got a plan for you, and he's got a purpose for you. And that's a sign that he's talking to you and saying, "Hey." It's time to step up. It's time to change this. It's time to do something different. The second thing I want you to know 
is that he comforts me. He comforts me. In my house in the wintertime, we've got blankets laying around. Anybody like that in your house? Like you've got blankets just like stashed away. Like there's a thing over here with blankets. There's a blanket over the chair. Like anybody else? Me? Okay. There's blankets in my house. And you got to know, and there's probably this way in your house too, there's good blankets and there's bad blankets, right? Everybody knows there's good blankets. Now, I'm, I'm not a tall guy, obviously. Um, but we've got these blankets in our house that are smaller than I am. And I'm like, I, I can't, like, you got to curl up in a ball to, to cover up with this thing. And it, it's, it's like a towel, it's like, it's like covering up with a towel. And anybody ever try to warm up with a towel? It's not going to work, right? And, and am I preaching? Okay. Um, I, I see, I want a big, comfortable, cozy blanket that I can just wrap up in like a cocoon, right? And you're just like, you know, like you're just so comfortable. Like you, do, you don't want to move. And um, so I like the big, comfortable blanket. And so here's the deal. Here's what you need to know. When you go through hard times, maybe you go through a relationship breakup, or when you go through a trial in your life, or when you go through something that's difficult, something that's hard, a struggle that you've been through, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit comes on our lives as a comfort. The Bible says that he is the comforter. He comforts us when we feel afraid. He comforts us when we doubt. He comforts us when we're insecure. He is the comforter. And I want you to check this out. If you, once again, in your Bible, John 14, 26, it says this, but the comforter, which what is what? Yes, thank you. The Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. See, it's amazing. You can go through the worst time, the worst moments of your life and still feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You can go through the worst struggles, the worst things of your life and still feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I've ex- experienced his comfort in, in my own life, and I've seen it in so many others. Um, my grandmother, who's 93, 94 years old, oh, she's one of those two, really, really old. Um, several years ago, my grandfather passed away, and, and I asked my grandma, she, she's an amazing woman, I asked her how she is doing, and she says, she says this, she said, I'm all good, I've got the comforter. Her husband, for more than 50 whatever years, he's passed away. He, he's, he's not on this earth anymore. And my grandma, she's like, I'm okay. I've got the comforter. She's saying, I've got the Holy Spirit in my life, and he's comforting me in my time of loss. The Bible actually says he comforts us so we can be a comfort. The reason why you have so much peace is so that you can give so much peace. The reason that God has comforted you is so that you can come alongside someone else who's hurt, who's broken, and so you can be a comfort to them. It's an amazing thing to utilize the Holy Spirit to be a comfort, a peace, a blessing to someone else in life. 
Let me tell you something. A sign of God's will is that he's comforting you through the situation. But a sign that something is not of God's will is that he will convict you through that situation. Let me say it again louder for the people in the back. A sign of God's will is that he's comforted you. A sign of that you're, whatever you're doing is not in God's will is when he's convicting you. He convicts me. He comforts me. And the third thing is, is that he leads me. I love this. Because all the pressure is off of my life. This is so good. All the pressure is off of my life. I'm no longer the leader of my life at this moment. I'm now a follower. God is the leader. And how does God lead me? He leads me with this, this sense and with this feeling and, and with, with, with prompting and with vision and with direction. When God talks to me, I can sense it. I can feel it. I, I don't, you won't hear a loud, audible voice, but I can feel it. I can sense it. And, and, and that's how he leads me. See, I, as a young boy, I sensed God's calling on my life. Later, as an, as, as an adult, I sensed that it was time to step into full-time ministry. Kristen and I, at one point in our life, we sensed that it was time to leave that place and step into the next place where God was leading us. And, and, and when, he, when God led us here to Crown Point, we sensed it in our spirit that God was saying, it's time. It's time to go. We felt it. We knew it. We knew it was God, and we knew it was time. Last year, I sensed that we were supposed to give $10,000 to speed the light. And look what he does when you follow him and when you follow his direction. He blessed us by helping us give almost $13,000 to speed the light. See, I wanted you to know that any time that you've responded to the sense of what God is asking you to do, he'll bless you. And because I've responded to God's sense and God's promptings and God's direction in my life, he has blessed me so much. I love how he leads me. But the question isn't whether or not God will lead you by the Holy Spirit. The question is, will you follow? That's the question. I think a lot of times we sense, we feel, we know things, and God speaks things to us. But the question is, Will you follow? Will you follow? I've had other times where I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit prompting me to do something, and I didn't move on that, and I didn't act on what he was asking me to do, and I missed out on a blessing. Not only for a blessing for me, I missed out on an opportunity to bless somebody else. It's so hard to lead somebody who doesn't want to be led. I want you to know that it's hard to lead someone who doesn't want to be led. If you're in this room tonight, and if you are currently resisting the Holy Spirit speaking to your life, he can't lead you if you don't want to be led. One of the signs that we're following God and and the, the Holy Spirit is that we're no longer slaves to the flesh, to sinful desires. I am spirit filled. I am spirit led. See, one of my favorite TV shows is Impractical Jokers. Anybody like Impractical Jokers? Like, I 
enjoy that show. I like to laugh, and I like to laugh at stupid people. And so one of the things, one of the little bits that they do is, is uh, there's four guys on the show, and one of the bits that they do is the three guys go into this back room off, off camera and then send the other guy out into, maybe it's a restaurant or maybe it's a, it's, it's a I don't know, whatever it is. Um, and they send him out to a store, to the restaurant, and what he, he's got this earpiece in his ear, and the other three guys are in this back room, and they've got a microphone, and they're feeding him things. They're telling him things to do, things to say. And, and um, it's hilarious because the guys in the back, they're laughing so hard because what they're doing, they're, what they're telling him to do, he's got to do. <clears throat> and he's got to do stupid, stupid, say stupid, stupid things. And it's hilarious, and they're, it's, it's so funny. But anyways, they're, they're controlling <clears throat> the other guy's actions. I wonder what our lives would look like if we would surrender to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to direct our lives. Maybe he's saying to you that you need to encourage this person. You need to help this person. That you need to bless this person. See, we need to be people who are surrendered to the power of the Holy Spirit. We're surrendered to the promptings or or the urges that he puts on our lives. See, in Romans, it states that, that the sons of God are the ones who are obedient to the Spirit of God. He convicts me. He comforts me. He leads me. The fourth thing is this. He reminds me. See, this is good because the Holy Spirit, he reminds me who I really am. He reminds me of the commitments that I've made to God. He reminds me of who I really am in Christ when I start to doubt myself or when I start to get down or discouraged. He reminds me of who I am in Christ. And I'm so amazed at how easily we forget about the the things that God has called us to be. We forget about those moments in the altar. We forget about those, those decisions that we made at church. We forget, we so easily forget about how God moved on our lives, maybe so powerfully at, at camp or so powerfully at winter retreat or so powerfully on a missions trip or, or in worship. We f- so easily forget sometimes those powerful moments where God has done something in our lives. But the Holy Spirit, what he does is he comes to remind us. He reminds you that what God has spoken over your life. He reminds you of the great call that he has for your life. He reminds you of those decisions that you made at an altar. He reminds us. He reminds us of greatness. He reminds us of our future. He reminds us of our potential, our calling. So he convicts, he comforts, he leads my life. He reminds me, and the last thing I'm going to talk about is this. He empowers me. He empowers me. He gives me the power to live the life that I'm called to live. He gives me the power to overcome sin. He gives me the, the, the power to forgive when I don't feel like forgiving others or even forgiving myself. He gives me the power to boldly and passionately Tell other people about Jesus. He gives me the power to live a righteous life. In my own strength, I'm going to fail every time. If it's, all, it's, if it's up to me, I'm going to fail every time. But the Holy Spirit in my life, 
empowers me. And we can't just live a life off of natural ability. Because of the Holy Spirit, we have a supernatural ability. Acts 1.8 says this, But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. What he's saying there is he said the Holy Spirit gives you power to be a witness. What does a witness do? Tells people about what they've seen, what they've experienced. If you're, you're at, at a, in a courtroom, they put a witness up on the stand. What are they going to talk about? What they saw, what they experienced, what they felt, what happened, what went on, what took place. And the Holy Spirit is in our lives to help us be that, witnesses, be that witness. And, and here's what it's taking place here. He's saying, uh, be a witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria. So he's saying, start here. What they were in Jerusalem, he said, start in your own neighborhood, start in your own home, start in your own school. And then he said, there, Samaria, reach out a little bit further. And, and Judea, and reach out a little bit further. And then to the end of the earth. And so what he's asking us to do is be a witness where we're at. Start where you're at. And, and here's the deal. He gives us, he empowers us to be able to do that. He's telling his followers that you're powerless without the Holy Spirit. You, you can't tell others. You can't change your city. You can't change your school. You can't change your home. You can't change your group of friends without the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the ability. And you, you and I, we need the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, enabling us and empowering us to do what we could never do on our own strength. This is why Philippians 4.13, it says this, I can do how many things? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. How does he strengthen us? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our strength and our ability comes through the Holy Spirit. Talking about this, him empowering us, there's been so many times in my life where I've stepped into a situation, may have been a, a conversation, maybe someone started up a conversation with me, or I was in a conversation with somebody else, um, and they started bringing up things about, about our faith, about what we believe, about Jesus, about God, about the Holy Spirit, whatever. And there's been so many times in my life where personally, I'm inside, I'm saying, oh crap. But here's what I do. I start to begin to let the power of the Holy Spirit, and there's been times where I've had conversations to where I'm like, I don't, I didn't even know I knew that stuff. I didn't even know, like, I was scared to get into this conversation, but when I stepped into it, the Holy Spirit jumped out in my life and led me in that conversation. And I guarantee you guys, because I think a lot of times we're so scared to have these conversations with our friends because we don't know all the answers. We can't even pretend to know all the answers. But I can guarantee you, though, when you step out in faith and you allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you, he'll have the answers. He'll have the things to say. He will speak through you. Yeah, you may not know how to solve the answers to, you know, where, where did dinosaurs come from. But, the, but there's many other things to where 
where you're getting conversations and, and it's, you're like, I don't even know where that come from. I don't even know I had that answer. I didn't even know what to say in that moment, in that situation. But if when you're relying on the Holy Spirit in your life, he will speak through you. He will speak things that you didn't even know you knew 